Spark of Courage is a podcast that promotes healing through storytelling. I am Alex Dragne, a writer, healer, and empath. And my purpose is to invite and hold space for those of us who suffer with chronic illness and nervous system dysregulation. It is my mission to give a voice to those voiceless parts of ourselves, the ones too deep and deemed too shameful to share. Trauma deepens when we are by ourselves with our pain And I believe that the path toward healing becomes clearer when we take action and dare shine a light on the dark sides of our psyches. Throughout the coming episodes, I'll be weaving in my eclectic set of passions. My prayers for these story threads to ignite the spark of courage within your very depths and bring to light the kind of life you are meant to live. I am grateful to share my own healing journey with you. Welcome. Trigger warning. Today's episode contains sensitive and potentially triggering content, including references to suicidal ideation. Please visit the show notes for resources and support. Hello, courageous soul. I thought that the best way to start today's discussion is by reciting a part of a poem that a dear friend sent to me. And it's a poem that really helped me find courage uh, to share more of my story. And so here goes, Life While You Wait, by Bislava Szymborska. Life While You Wait, performance without rehearsal, body without alterations, head without premeditation. I know nothing of the role I play. I only know it's mine. I can't exchange it. I have to guess on the spot just what this play is all about. Ill prepared for the privilege of living. I can barely keep up with the pace that the action demands. I improvise, although I loathe improvisation. I trip at every step over my own ignorance. I can't conceal my hayseed manners. My instincts are for hammy histrionics. Stage fright makes excuses for me, which humiliate me more extenuating circumstances strike me as cruel. In 2020, I had the privilege of becoming a mother. I gave birth to my miracle baby. Life was supposed to be good. (laughs) I had always wanted to be a mother. My baby was healthy. I had a safe, supportive house, even through the pandemic. My family found ways of supporting us and keeping us fed and safe and helping us with baby. And about two months postpartum, I became miserable. See, I hadn't prepared for a C-section. Nobody can really prepare for that. But I was hoping for a unassisted birth. And that wasn't the case. I had a terrible, terribly difficult postpartum journey physically. And then I started developing many chronic symptoms, which I'll share later in a future podcast. But my body was hurting. And at a time when you're told that the most important thing to do is rest, relax, and bond with baby, I felt like my body wasn't supporting me. And I began hating my body even more than I previously had. I began feeling useless, 
I sunk into a deep depression and I wanted to exit. I didn't want to be there. I either wanted to run away or I wanted to die. It made no sense. On the one hand, I felt shame. How could I want to leave this beautiful baby behind? And on the other hand, I kept telling myself, they'll be better off without you. You're useless. You can't do anything. You can't help. You can't carry your baby. You can't do any housework. Ill-prepared for the privilege of living. Ill-prepared for the privilege of being a mother. Nobody prepared me for this. And isn't that life after all? Nobody prepares you for what life brings you. So what to do with all that pain? Every day was a cacophony of, on the one hand, the joy of looking into my son's eyes and seeing that beauty and that purity and everything I'd wanted materialize. Seeing him laugh and giggle, seeing his first laugh and giggle. And on the other hand, the terrorizing pain of not trusting my own body, of hating myself, of hating myself in comparison with what society had placed upon me, what mothers are supposed to look like, act like, do, and ultimately. What shifted is when I finally had the courage to say something to my husband at first. And it was painful. It was like treading water. How can I admit to my loved ones who have been so supportive and helpful to everyone that I don't want to be here anymore? And I only had the courage to do that when I got low enough when I was desperate enough, when it was painful enough. And what I'm here to say is that you don't need to wait until it gets there. It's a lot easier to seek support and to come out of the deep well of despair before it gets so low. But no shame, we all have our journeys. And I know for me, I wouldn't have given myself permission to seek the support I needed until it got so bad. It sucks. It's not great to admit that to myself, but my soul gave me the conditions that I needed to heal. For every piece of pain that you have in your life, for every piece of pain that you experience, life will provide you with what you need to get better. And it comes down to one thing. The first step always has to come from you, from your inner world, from your inner depths. You have to make that first step to tell life, to tell your soul, to tell the universe, to tell God that you're ready. You're ready to start healing. However that happens, prostrate on your knees, yelling in pain, rage, or in the silence of one single tear. However that happens, signal to your soul that you're ready to heal and you will be rewarded. The second step is getting curious. When you get curious, you start to bring awareness to the present moment. And when you become the conscious observer 
of your experience as a human, you no longer identify so strongly with what you're feeling, with the bodily sensations, with the thoughts, with the emotions. When you become the conscious observer, when you're able to take a deep breath, inhale and exhale, you bring awareness to that moment. And that's what Carl Jung ultimately said, to become the conscious observer. When you realize that the thoughts, feelings, and emotions that are being experienced by your body are not you, and they don't have to be you, you've already made a huge leap towards disconnecting yourself from that life-destroying energy. The last step is having the courage to seek that support. I had a very difficult time after sharing it with my husband. I realized that I needed to share these feelings and thoughts with my family, with the rest of my family as well. And those were really awkward, uncomfortable conversations because how can you tell a parent that their daughter doesn't want to be here anymore? That was painful. And it was painful to see the pain in my parents' eyes as well. But Ultimately, it dispelled some of the shame that I felt. We need support. We are communal beings. We aren't conceived in a vacuum, neither do we raise ourselves. Find your tribe, build your support system, find that safe container where you can share these deep, dark secrets that need to come to light in order to be healed, to be transmuted and integrated. I'll share a passage from my journal from January 5th, 2022. I must have paraphrased this from somewhere I don't remember from where. Through the extremes of life, we expand and grow. Embrace the highs and lows. And this is what I said about this. I'm having trouble embracing the low. I don't see the point of life in the low, although I know that my low is really not so bad. I have shelter, food, love, family, steady finances. I can walk, talk, breathe, move. So much more than others can say. Security and safety for me and my loved ones. Mostly sound of mind. Why can't I find my peace with my current life circumstance? Why can't I find my peace with my current life circumstance? So it comes down to the big elephant in the room, acceptance. I had a really hard time accepting where I was at. I had a really hard time accepting where my body was at. It's pitting myself against my own expectations of motherhood and society's expectations of motherhood. And I could not, for the life of me, I could not accept where I was. Mind you, I still have trouble with that today, but I'm in a much better place. Sonia Renee Taylor, in her book, The Body is Not an Apology, talks about radical self-love. And she says, Equally damaging is our insistence that all bodies should be healthy. Health is not a state we owe the world. We are not less valuable, worthy, or lovable because we are not healthy. Lastly, there is no standard of health that is achievable for all bodies. Then why are we all seeking that 
golden standard of whatever it means to be healthy, beautiful, strong, rather than deciding that for ourselves, how that looks for us, accepting our body's limitations, accepting where our body is at, and listening to our body. I realized that throughout my entire adult life, I had been pushing my body in ways that it wasn't designed to be pushed. I had been ignoring the signs that all was not well. I was making my body do my bidding, working towards some goals that were not defined by me and what I wanted. They were defined by the outside world and what I thought I should be doing. I really believe that the soul creates the circumstances for us to grow. And my soul was calling out for this pain. And the only way that I was going to listen to that pain was if it became excruciating. When life in this body became too difficult is when I started to pay attention to my inner world. And those were the conditions that I needed, that this body this soul needed in order to finally, finally pay attention. We don't need to get to that point, but oftentimes we're not going to make a change in peacetime. Most of us will not make that change in peacetime. Most of us have to be between a rock and a hard place to make that change, to do the inner work. It has to become so uncomfortable that we say enough, something has to change. And that's where I was at. My body kept telling me, to stop, to look inwards, to start healing the past. And it all began to change with that spark, that spark of courage to start speaking my pain, to start speaking my truth, first to loved ones, then I found a counselor, and then started the slow, slow process of trudging through mud. The biggest shift that I experienced was when I found a counselor that I connected to on a soul level clinical psychotherapist specializing in soul work and subconscious work and Jungian psychoanalysis and a host of other beautiful things. And that's what I, I really recommend, some type of therapy that works with the subconscious because we are driven by subconscious patterns that you're not aware of yet. We need to awaken the subconscious in order to become that conscious observer that Carl Jung talks about. And once you open that door, you will be rewarded. The subconscious is now rewarding me with dreams, synchronicities, messages that help me continue this inner work, this inner journey, always bringing me the information that I need at the exact time that I need it. I may not realize it at the time. I may be stuck in some ego story. I may be triggered. <laughs> but I always look back on it and see that I received the information in the exact perfect time that I needed it. There is no shame in how you feel. You can't tell somebody that their feelings are wrong. They just are. And I felt so much shame that I wanted to leave. And I'm here to tell you there's no shame because you're wanting to leave, if that's you or has ever been you, is your response and is your coping mechanism to the pain that you feel inside. Whatever that pain is saying for me was too overwhelming 
it was a crescendo of inadequacy that I felt within, and I just wanted to run away. It's actually your body trying to protect you. It's your nervous system trying to protect you. There's no shame attached to it. Society attaches that shame because they're uncomfortable. If you've never had those feelings or thoughts, you're uncomfortable. What do you say to a friend or a loved one who seemingly on the outside has the perfect life or a good life at least? What do you say to them when they tell you, I feel so miserable, I want to die? Your first step is to say, well, if you've never felt that, I've had a lot. <laughs> I've had people say to me, but your life is so good. Why do you, why? That, that just makes no sense. I'm angry to hear that. It's because they're uncomfortable with that feeling. They don't know what to say or do. So they're just going to shame that behavior. And that's what we're taught. That if you want to change a behavior, you shame it. Because, of course, we want to be part of the tribe. We don't want to be excluded so we're going to use shame so the taboo and the shame that is out there in society does not serve you it's there to serve the people who are uncomfortable so i think it's fair to say you can just discard it there's no shame attached to how you feel also what you're experiencing is not you this was one of the biggest pieces of advice that has helped me is to separate my feelings from me. My feelings are just passing through. Just a rain passing through. So having suicidal thoughts or suicidal ideation, it's an act of love from your body. Your body wants you to be well. It's your nervous system telling you things are too much. I need to run away. I need to exit. I need to, I need to get an escape. Once you understand that, you can dispel that shame that you feel and celebrate your nervous system and your body for wanting to keep you safe. It's because the nervous system always wants to find a balance. It always wants to come back to neutral. And when things get too much, you need like a release valve. And that's your release valve. It's not a socially acceptable release valve like other addictions like workaholism. And unfortunately, that prevents a lot of people from seeking help. But I'm here because I received a divine spark of courage. That didn't come from me. It came from somewhere out beyond from God, universe, gave me that spark of courage to finally speak my truth. And against all odds, against getting some bad reactions from some people, it helped so much to bring those inner thoughts and feelings that I thought were too shameful to share. It felt so good to bring them out to the light that I didn't care anymore. I went and found help. And that's what I want you to do. I want you to be selfish and seek the help that you deserve. Be selfish. You deserve to be here. Nothing lays bare all our fears, insecurities, and past trauma like motherhood. Through conception, pregnancy, labor, and postpartum, our body is pushed to the limit and beyond. Our soul is torn and stitched back together many times over. 
in the wreckage, we find our inner child, our shadow self, waiting to heal. Some days it taps me on the shoulder and reminds me I still have work to do. Other days it screams in my ear because I'm not paying attention. When I was in the first few months with my baby, it was tough as nails to heal because even the most basic self-care was difficult. It felt like a stretch when you're caring for a newborn. And the more I put it off, the more it started hurting and the bigger it got. And things that I thought I'd healed before becoming pregnant came back at a time when I was at my most vulnerable. But maybe in that intersection, that place of vulnerabilities where I was most open to also look inward. So everything and anything that's coming up for you, all those thoughts, feelings, emotions that seem so unbearable, they're there for a reason. They're there as a sign. Your soul is giving you a sign, an assignment to hunker down and finally face it so that you can transcend it, heal it, and become your most you possible, become your most unique and authentic self. That's the main purpose of all this suffering. It's trying to bring you back home to you. I want to read another excerpt of my journal because who can say it better than me when I was in the depth of that despair? Now, this is an entry from May 2021. To the whole family, I feel like a bogeyman that you're scared of. You're scared to ask how I am because you're scared of how I'm going to answer and then you won't know how to answer back or you don't know how to help me. Or maybe you feel like you've already told me what I need to do to get better and I'm somehow not listening to that advice. Well, I am unwell. Mentally, physically, spiritually, my entire body hurts. My spirit is broken. At a time when I was supposed to enjoy taking care of my beautiful miracle baby, being done with school and off work and focusing entirely on raising this beautiful boy that I have prayed to one day have, I am in a battle for my life, it feels. My world, my entire existence, is too overwhelming. Many days, I want to crawl into a dark place and never come out. Many days, I hope that I will get so sick and die. Or at least get some very visible illness, because at least then you'll see visibly that something is wrong. And you won't be awkwarded out and not know what to say. And that was me at the depth of my despair. And, and I really think that motherhood and any nervous system dysregulation would not be so hard. Would it not be for the expectations from society? And I want to share an excerpt from a New York Times article called Motherhood and the Age of Fear. These women's critics insist that it's not mothers they hate. It's just that kind of mother. The one who, because of affluence or poverty, education or ignorance, ambition or unemployment, allows her own needs to compromise the need of her child. 
We're contemptuous of lazy, poor mothers. We're contemptuous of distracted, working mothers. We're contemptuous of selfish, rich mothers. We're contemptuous of mothers who have no choice but to work, but also of mothers who don't need to work and still fail to fulfill an impossible ideal of selfless motherhood. You don't have to look very hard to see the common denominator. And another part of the article says that I love the way this finding may explain something we all know but aren't supposed to say. A father who is distracted by his interests and obligations in the adult world is being, well, a father. A mother who does the same is failing her children. And while I was in the depths of despair, I started doing all this research on the expectations placed upon mothers. And I realized that although none of it was said to my face directly, it has somehow become part of our psyches. It's somehow been ingrained in us as girls even. And then into motherhood, we carry that expectation and that intensity of expectation into motherhood of supposed to do it all, should do it all, should be everything. And then there's the constant relentless comparison on social media as well with the perfect mom. But doesn't exist. Where's the human mom? Today, I still have moments of wanting to exit. They're short and go by quickly because I have learned to breathe through them, become the conscious observer, and get curious. I've gotten really, really curious. Why do I feel this way? Why do I want to leave? What is so painful that I don't want to be here? What is so painful that I don't want to stick around and see my son grow up? And that internal excavation has yielded beautiful healing of trauma of my past has uncovered layers and layers of trauma that will undoubtedly keep coming but i'm here a little bit more scarred a few more gray hairs probably a few more wrinkles definitely more wise and i'm here so when you struggle Please take a deep breath into your belly. Let's do it together now. <sighs> take a deep breath into your belly. Get curious. Call a friend. And seek the support that you deserve in order to stick around and see what tomorrow brings. In order to stick around and feel that pain and then release it. It all starts with the spark. And I believe that you have that courage and that divine spark within you to take that first step that you need to heal. That first step that you need to be here for what tomorrow brings. So yeah, we may all be ill-prepared for the privilege of living. Our bodies may not be what society says they should be. And yet, and yet we are all divine beings living a human experience in this human body, in this present moment. And that is a privilege indeed to hold on to 
Stick around. Take care. Hit the subscribe button if you'd like to stay tuned for future episodes. If you've enjoyed these contemplations, you can help spread the word by rating and reviewing this podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also tell Alex what resonated by taking a screenshot and sharing it on Instagram. Follow and tag her on Instagram at alexdragney.healing.